Welcome to Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. I'm your host, Lori Fagan. In this podcast series, I'll interview authors who will then read from their mystery, suspense, or thriller short stories or a chapter from their published books. In addition, sprinkled throughout the coming weeks, the podcast will feature radio theater-style sections from the audiobooks for my crime fiction novels. We're back once again with the campy radio theater-style mystery from the novel Bleeder, with a murder of a gallery owner, a missing painting, and plenty of suspects. Here are more episodes of Art of the Steel. The haunting Murder in the Air Mystery Theater theme song plays and fades under as my voice starts. Detective Leon McCullen's list of suspects in the death of the art gallery owner is a long one. He's tracked down the artist missing from the meeting the night before. McCullen knocks a second time louder on the faded wood apartment door belonging to Terrence Terry Jacobs, a sculptor who shows work at Art on the Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the big deal? A disheveled man with close-cropped hair opens the door, blinking at the bright morning sunlight. His dirty, wrinkled T-shirt is full of holes, and he's wearing baggy boxer shorts. Who are you? McCullen flashes his badge. Terrence Jacobs, we gotta talk. Can we do this inside? That wakes Jacobs up, and he lets the detective in. Look, if this is about the bar last night, I... McCullen looks around the small, messy room filled with raw and finished ceramic pottery vessels and statues of all sizes, shapes, and colors, along with a few sticks of furniture, clothes, pizza boxes, and beer bottles. A layer of light brown dust covers everything. What happened at the bar? McCullen's eyes narrow at the young man. I didn't mean nothing. I was just having a little fun. Jacobs hangs his head. How come you didn't show for the meeting at the gallery last night? Jacob's eyes widen. Um, I, um, didn't hear the message in time. This, about my late studio rent? Jeez, I didn't think Paolo was serious when he said he was going to call the cops. And where were you the night before last at gallery closing time? McCullen watches the man's eyes darting back and forth, either from thinking or trying to make up a lie. Uh, I was, uh, let's see, uh, working on a piece. Yeah. Mac nods suspiciously. So you owed Mr. Romano some money. How'd that make you feel? Jacob's face scrunches up. It was a damn ripoff. That lousy studio wasn't worth that much. I was about to quit anyway. That's so? Right after you bashed him on the head and killed him? No, that's not, I mean, I didn't, no way. I didn't do anything. Looks like you got a bit of a rap sheet, Jacob's. Assault, burglary, spent a little time in juvie. Jacob slumps into a chair. I understand what it might look like, but I'll tell you what I know if you promise me. He's searching for a word. That, uh, that, that, that thing, uh... Immunity. Protection. Just what do you know? The Murder Mystery Podcast theme music fades in and my voice begins again. Just what information does the young sculptor have? Find out next time on Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. I'm Lauren Price. Thanks for listening. Mysterious music begins, then my voice. On the previous Murder in the Air Mystery Theater, a sculptor is going to tell the detective what he knows about the gallery owner's death. Sculptor Terry Jacobs sits alone, fidgeting in a bare interrogation room at the Evergreen Police Department. His blue jean knee pumps up and down, and he folds and unfolds his arms. 
Detective McCullen and another officer watch him for a few minutes from the other side of a one-way mirror. The detective enters the room, carrying a foam cup of steaming coffee, and hands it to the young man. McCullen sits opposite the artist and places a small recording device on the table. So just what is it you think you know about how Mr. Romano died? Jacobs takes a sip of the hot brew. Look, I swear, I had nothing to do with it. I thought it was just big talk. She was bitching like we all do sometimes. She? She who? One of the painters. She got stiffed a sizable amount on a couple of commissions and was pissed. I heard her talking to Paolo one night. They had the door closed. But everything's open at the top, so the sound carries. I? What did they talk about? Something about how he knew he owed her money, and if she would go along with his scheme, they could both make some extra dough. McCullen glances at the mirror. What kind of scheme? Jacobs wipes away a thin bead of sweat from his upper lip. Where she would take a painting and make it look like a theft, and he would receive the insurance money and and split it with her. McCullen takes this in. The art of the steel, eh? He looks at his notes. Then how'd Romano end up dead? Jacobs shakes his head. I have no idea. I don't think that was part of the plan. So who is this painter he made the deal with? What's her name? Um, do I get, um, what would you call it? Immunity? Like if you, if I give you her name, you won't charge me with anything? McCullen's brows furrow in the center of his forehead. If you didn't do anything, what are you worried about? Jacobs looks down at his hands. Like you said, I got a record, and I ain't exactly a choir boy. The detective leans back in his chair. You know something else you haven't told me? No. Well, not about Paolo. But there might be. Might be other things that people accuse me of. McCullen nods his head. Tell you what. You give me a name and any other information you hear at the gallery over these next few weeks, and yeah, I'll give you immunity. Jacobs looks up. You want me to be a snitch? No, we'd call you a CI, or confidential informant. No one else would know about our little arrangement. The name? Jacobs works his teeth over his lips. I need the deal in writing. The Murder in the Air Mystery Theater theme music soars as my voice comes in. The detective is getting closer to knowing the identity of the person who might have had something to do with the gallery owner's death. But does the sculptor know more than he is saying? The plot thickens on Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. I'm Lauren Price. Good night. The Murder in the Air theme music comes full and fades under. My voice begins. Last time on Murder in the Air Mystery Theater, in exchange for immunity, sculptor Terry Jacobs is about to tell Detective McCullen the name of the painter who was working with the gallery owner to commit insurance fraud. Jacob studies the full sheet of paper, folds, and puts it in his pocket. Thanks. McCullen slides his notepad and pen to the artist. You've got your deal. Now just write the name of the artist on this page and we'll be done for today. Jacobs blinks a few times. He takes the pen and scribbles on the pad. McCullen pulls the notepad back, reads, and nods. Grand. Thanks. Now keep your ears open and let me know anything else you hear. The two rise, and Mac ushers Jacobs out the door. Mac turns around in the hallway, only to be confronted by a short Asian woman with a dark chin-length bob, carrying a long, skinny pad of paper and pen at the ready. Detective? 
I've been looking for you. Got a quote for me on Paolo Romano's death? Sorry, Miss Tang. Still under investigation. No comment. He attempts to walk away. Jessica Tang, a writer for the Evergreen Gazette, the local weekly newspaper, stands firm, blocking his path. Come on, detective. This is the story of the month. Maybe the year. The public has a right. Yeah, yeah, right to know and all that. When I have info to release, I'll call you. He walks in the opposite direction. I hear it's an inside job. Max stops in his tracks. He turns around slowly. Bollocks. Who told you that? I've got my sources, Tang says with a grin. McCullen's face goes dark red as he stomps to the young reporter and stares down at her. I better not read some fake news with the unnamed sources or so help me. I'll, I'll have a word with your boss. Excellent. He'd like to know the story, too. She puts her pad in an oversized purse. I will get the story, with or without you. She turns around with a flare, her short heels clicking on the linoleum floor as she leaves Mac fuming. McCullen pulls out his cell phone and punches in a number. Call a briefing on the Romano homicide, now. Who's leaking information to the media? And who is the artist making a deal for the art of the steel? There's a lot more to come on Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. I'm Lauren Price. Good night. The Murder in the Air theme music comes full and fades under as my voice narrates. Good evening and welcome back to Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. I'm your host, Lauren Price. In this episode of The Art of the Steel, Evergreen PD police officers and detectives gather for a briefing about the art gallery owner's death. What the bloody hell's going on? Loose lips sink ships, don't you know? Detective Liam McCullen stares sternly out over the small group of Evergreen PD law enforcement gathered at headquarters. I don't want anyone leaking any info into the feckin' press, particularly that so-called reporter from the Gazette. He pauses a moment to let that hang in the air. Now, who told her it might be an inside job? Officers glance at each other, shaking their heads, shrugging their shoulders. No one answers. (sighs) All right, then. Where are we? Cooper, what kind of prints did you find? A man in a blue uniform with a round belly hanging over his belt straightens up in his chair. Oh, we found a lot of smudged fingerprints on both sides of uh, the back doorknob. Uh, Trying to isolate what might be the latest, uh, but nothing yet. Keep on it. What about the bloody footprint? Uh, We're still running uh, it through Soulmate and a couple other shoe recognition softwares. It's only a partial, but uh, could be a small foot. Like a woman's? Could be. Uh, Or a small man's. Put a rush on it, would ya? What about the security system? A slightly built young woman with mousy brown hair pulled back into a bun raises her hand. She's the only female in the room, but instead of a police uniform, she's wearing a black jacket over a black shirt and black pants. She appears nervous. Uh, Detective McCullen, the security system was in place, but uh, um, the count had lapsed, so it was not um, functional at the time of the murder. We did find a small video camera mounted on the wall facing the door, but it was uh, apparently for appearances only. It had not been set up to video anything. And in fact, it didn't even have a tape in it. She seems relieved her report is done. 
What the hell good is a system if you don't turn it on or pay for it? Bollocks. Jameson, anything on the possible weapon? James Jamie Jameson, a tall patrol officer with short grain hair, uncrosses a leg. Hey, uh, nothing yet, Mac. We're expanding our search beyond the immediate downtown area. Grand. Dexter, find anything else in the Vic's computer? Dexter Dale slides on his reading glasses from his head to his nose and opens a small tablet. Uh, discovered a second set of financials, most likely the real numbers. Uh, turns out he's making a tidy little profit off the backs of the artists. He pauses a moment, referring to his notes again. And in the computer's Google history, I found how to file a theft insurance claim. Now, we don't exactly know who executed that search, as many had access to the system. Uh, but more disturbing was someone looking for how to strangle a man. McCullen shakes his head in disgust. We may be talking premeditated here, people. Look, the mayor's leaning on the chief, who's leaning on the lieutenant, who is, well, you know, this... Mac is interrupted when a young officer opens the door and pokes his head in. Mac, we found the stolen painting! Brilliant. As I was saying, this is top priority. Back to work. Mac rushes out of the room. The mystery theater theme music starts. My voice continues. Where was the painting found? And will there be an arrest soon? The investigation continues. Stay tuned when the next Murder in the Air Mystery Theater podcast continues. I'm Lauren Price. Thanks for listening. It's 3.30 a.m. and I can't sleep. I go back to my laptop to record a teaser for the next episode. I cue the mystery theme music full, then under. As Lauren, I begin. Which female painter could be the perpetrator who purported to take part in the plot to purloin the painting and pocket a portion of the proceeds? And is Richard Coleman telling police everything he knows? Find out how Detective McCullen gets closer to solving the case of the dead gallery owner on the next episode of Art of the Steel. Thanks for listening. I'm Lauren Price. I spend a few minutes checking and editing the audio file. I fix a cup of hot tea, realizing with deep sadness Ron will most likely never again record with me. But I'm all cried out. Instead, I smile at the memories of him sitting at his kitchen table, headphones askew, his voice and face animated as he reads the script. We had quite a run. Theme music from the Murder in the Air Mystery Theater comes full, then under my voice as Lauren Price, the narrator. Welcome back to the latest episode of Art of the Steel. The missing Coleman painting has been recovered from a dumpster, and Detective McCullen talks to a pawn shop owner in the strip mall where it was found. So, Phil, tell me what you know about this painting. McCullen leans a six-foot square canvas covered with dripping paint and droplets in every color against the counter. The muscular man on the other side with long, stringy hair and three days of beard growth chuckles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this chick comes in with it saying it's worth like 50 grand, but she'd take 20. I couldn't help but laugh. Jackson Pollock, it ain't. I told her I'd give her 20. 20 bucks, that is, which is about what the canvas is worth. <laughs> but she got pissed and stormed out. What can you tell me about her? Ah, uh, long, dark hair, dark eyes, maybe in her 20s, about 5 feet, 5 inches. 
Mac looks back at the door, which shows height markings on the side. Anything else you can tell me about her? He scratches his hair on his scraggly chin. Hmm, yeah, she had all kinds of colors of paint on her pants. Mac nods and hands him a card. Grand. Anything else, give me a jingle. The detective takes the painting and heads out the door. After he stashes the artwork in his trunk, Mac makes a call on his cell. Bring in Armida Murrieta and Nasha Benali, and while you're at it, get that dodgy bloke Richard Coleman, too. As he's getting into his unmarked car, a text message pings on Mac's phone. He opens the note from the medical examiner, which reads, Stop by the morgue ASAP. Think I know how Mr. Romano was killed. Mac pushes open the door to medical examiner Charletta Finster's autopsy room. Strong antiseptics and the smell of death assault his nose. Came as soon as I could, Finn. What you got? The recently deceased Paolo Romano lies on the cold metal table under a bright round lamp hanging from the ceiling. The legs on the examining table are lower to accommodate Finster's motorized chair, which is positioned near the dead man's head as Detective McCullen enters. Afternoon, Mac. Finster continues to study the victim. After several seconds, she wheels her scooter back and faces the law officer. It is curious. I? How so? As you said, something was off, but you couldn't put your finger on it? I'm having the same challenge. Mac waits patiently for her to continue. We do have ligature marks on the neck to indicate strangulation, and the metal wire found at the scene is a match. However, we don't have any defensive wounds on the victim's hands. That could be because he was surprised from behind and lost consciousness quickly and was unable to defend himself. However, we also don't have a fracture of the larynx or hyoid bone, nor did I find a petechial hemorrhaging in the eyes, which usually indicates death by strangulation. As to the head wound, we have a single pond, or indented fracture, and inbuckling of the skull. In English, Finn? She points at Romano's head. It's a simple depression that could indicate a blow from a blunt object or impact against a protruding object. That means he could have been struck with something, or he might have merely hit his head while falling to the ground. Did you find another murder weapon? Nope, not yet. The woman considers this and works her teeth over her lips for several seconds, deep in thought. The weak attempt at strangulation may indicate the lack of strength or lack of resolve. Huh? What do you mean? Perhaps whomever made the attempt to kill him never really intended to. There seem to be more questions than answers about the death of the gallery owner. Stay tuned for the next Murder in the Air Mystery Theater podcast. I'm Lauren Price. Thanks for listening. That was Art of the Steel from the crime fiction novel Bleeder by Laurie Fagan. Characters were performed by Leroy Timblin, Tess Jenkins, Ann Vidian, Andrea Ballou, and David Specht, and I read the narrator part of Lauren Price. On the next episode, number 23 of Murder in the Air Mystery Theater, tune in when Barbara Hinsky talks about being on the set of a Hallmark movie made from one of her books, and she'll read from her mystery, Final Circuit. And on episode number 24, you'll hear the conclusion of Art of the Steel from the Bleeder audiobook.
If you are listening on the podcast platform of your choice, please subscribe and leave a review or provide us with feedback. If you're on YouTube at Read Lori Fagan, please subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and click on the bell to be notified when a new episode has been released. And for freebies, check out our Patreon page at Murder in the Air Mystery Theater. For more information, you can visit ReadLaurieFagan.com. Thanks so much for listening, and come back again, where you will always find Murder in the Air. Murder in the Air.